0: Thank you.
1: stand tonight for worship. We're we'll going to sing an old hymn of the church. There is power in the blood. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can come into your house and gather in your name to worship you tonight. Father, I thank you for the spirit of the Lord we felt in the house this morning. And God, I know you're no respecter of persons. And Lord, your same spirit can be in the house tonight as well. Father, your word says, just if two or three as agree as touching any one thing, you are in the midst. And there's more than two or three of us in here tonight. So, Lord, I pray you would help us tonight as we sing the songs of Zion and we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. God, we just give you all the praise and the glory and honor that is due your name, Christ's holy and precious name. We pray and ask these things. Now, God's people said, "Amen." Amen. This is an old praise chorus of the church. Sing with us. Come on and praise the Lord, all you people.
0: we'll come on and.
1: Together we sing. we know that it is your sweet holy spirit it's your sweet heavenly dove lord that we are asking to stay with us this evening and minister to your people tonight sweet holy Let's
0: just sing it a cappella, it's yours.
1: We'll know that we have been without without a doubt we'll know that we have been without a doubt without a doubt we'll know that we have been revived when we shall leave this place Father, we worship you today in spirit and in truth. and We thank you for the spirit of God we feel in this place even tonight. Father, I pray as we get ready to break the bread of life to the body of Christ, that your word would go forth and accomplish that it was sent to do. I will forever give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that is due your name. In Christ Jesus, my Lord, I pray and ask these things. And the people of God together said Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord for a moment If you have your Bibles I'd like for you to go with me to the book of Genesis chapter number three The book of Genesis chapter number three We're going to begin reading in verse number seven some of these uh, Scriptures may sound very familiar to you Those joining online, thank you for joining You can uh, always find more information at SanteeCircleCog.org. Subscribe to our podcast, Apple or Google, and uh, be a part of what's going on in our church services. You can always subscribe uh, to downloading the Our Church app and then searching the word Santee Circle C-O-G. Also, as always, multiple ways to give to the body of Christ as well as in-house today. I do want to make mention of one announcement that I failed to mention this morning. The Low Country Ministerial Fellowship Association that that we are a part of always has a community revival uh, every year. We've been kind of on standby because of COVID and everything else. We've just been wanting to see how this goes. But they are having a revival on November the 7th through the 10th. um, And and there's more information we'll give you out. Uh, Brother Tommy Turpin, the Director of Change Lives Ministries, will speak Sunday night. Uh, Pastor Allen Bagwell from First Baptist of Courtsville will be Tuesday night. Reverend Doug uh, Cooper of the Hickory Grove, which is where they'll host it this year, at their new sanctuary there on Bethera Road, will be uh, preaching on Wednesday night. Uh, but they have asked me to fill the assignment on Monday night to preach in this revival. And I don't take that lightly. There are a lot of qualified, uh, more qualified men uh, that, that uh, my, in my humble opinion, that would be a better fit, for this revival people like pastor jack todd at mount calvary uh pastor dale mitchum at the cordsville pentecostal holiness church pastor kyle triggers at the monks corner pentecostal holiness church i mean there's a whole slew of people out there that that are that are uh, gifted in terms of being called of god but they did contact me at our last meeting and asked would i prayerfully considered filling the slot on monday evening of that revival a lot of times our band uh, goes over there and plays this year they're doing things a little bit different with trying to keep everybody safe they're just going to have like a house type band and just leads the worship every night so you don't have multiple people on microphones and playing and touching and doing that and all that kind of stuff but um that being said um i would ask if you can come any of it that would be great uh preferably monday night <laughs> it would be great <laughs> Uh, If you could come, Uh, the more information, it's uh, at 1778 Bethura Road in Bono. You can look it up, Hickory Grove, Pentecostal Holiness Church. They have uh, directions to it, 7 o'clock on that Monday night. But if you can't make it, you can pray for me. Uh, You you may not be able to attend, but you can make sure that, that the Lord's word goes forth. I don't need them to know anything about me. I don't really personally care if they know anything about me. In fact, I'm just trying to keep my head afloat at this place. I don't care what they know, what they're doing at their place. I'm just trying to make sure we're we're still swimming and uh, along. So, um, but I am humbled and honored that they would ask uh, me to do that. And um, and like I said, I don't take that lightly. I'm going to have a captive audience from all walks of life, various churches, denominations uh, represented, from Baptist to Pentecostal Holiness, the Church of God, you name it, they'll be there. But uh, but God's the same God. It really doesn't matter. As long as He gets the glory, I don't really care. And so pray for me. Uh, as well they also are having a thanksgiving meal that they're going to be providing for for some of the folks in the community they're asking each church to provide a pan of dressing and a cooked turkey to help kind of give that to be able to feed the, all the folks there for thanksgiving that year so if anybody is willing you don't have to do it tonight just pray about it. if anybody's willing to make the pan of dressing or if anybody's willing to cook the turkey, because if the pastor makes it, no one's gonna want to eat it. I'm just gonna let you know that right now, because it probably won't be cooked and the turkey will be still frozen. I don't think you like frozen turkey. If I have to do turkey, I'm going to Walmart buying sliced turkey deli meat and they're gonna get that with loaf bread. And I'm like, turkey. And you'd say what kind of turkey? You just said you wanted turkey. So uh, if anybody would be willing to uh, make the pan of dressing and or the turkey, Please let me know. I will pay you. Uh, yes, ma'am, if you'll just see me after church. I will pay you. I will do whatever one you want to do. I will do whatever I have to do. I'll be glad to deliver it. Um, just And I'll even make them think I cooked it if it's good enough. But uh, I'm just kidding. I'll tell them. Uh, but uh, we just want to be a support to the community and let them know that we're a team player. COVID hit a lot of people hard, families, even in our own church. Um, and not only COVID, just life in general. Miss Brenda was Burbage that plays our percussion on this side of the stage and all the uh, different tambourines and all the other gadgets she has in her box over there. She's missing church so bad. But her husband is not doing good at all. Uh, just with his health and getting around and mobility. But man, she says, I want to come to church so bad. And uh, so there's people that, man, life has just thrown them a curveball. they just They're kind of down right now. But you know what? We can, as I said this morning... I read to you in the part of the message this morning, but when people's anxiety is at an all-time high, a good word sometimes will lift up their spirits. Just a good word. And, uh, and so we're going to be trying to do some things and even impact some of the folks that's been hit hard in our church uh, with some meals and things like that. But you know what? The Bible said if you, lend, if you give your brother a coat, if you give him a drink of water, if you give him a morsel of bread, it's like you did it to me. You don't even have to know the person you gave the turkey and dressing to. We're giving it to Jesus. And whoever gets fed, God bless them. Let them be ministered. But they can know Jesus loves them. They don't have to know it came from our church. They just need to know somebody loved them. Because it's all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. And so uh, please be praying for me. Uh, If you can make it, great. And uh, if the sermon is great, tell them I'm your pastor. If it's not, tell them you don't go to my church. I don't care. It really doesn't matter uh, at that point. Um, But if you like somebody else who's preaching better, don't tell me. Just don't tell me. Just text them on a private number and let them know they did a good job. But don't tell me, okay? I'm just kidding. But uh, don't forget Fall Fest is coming up. We had our meeting this morning. A lot of people are excited. We're going to have a good time in the Lord for your kids. It's hard to believe November is here, y'all. Here. I'm stressed. I don't even know what I'm buying people for Christmas yet. And the shelves are already bare. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Um... Some people might be getting gift cards to places that don't have anything. <laughs> be like, "Yeah, it's a fifty-dollar Walmart gift card. Good luck. <laughs> you ain't gonna get nothing. Ain't nothing there. But good luck. <laughs> It'll save both of us." Uh, yeah. All right. So if you get a gift card from me, you just you might want to check the balance. Uh, anyway, uh, no, November is here, y'all. It's uh, we're going to be starting our new sermon series, "The Table," and um, talking about how the Lord always prepares provisions for us when we need it. I thought that this series was more no more fitting than it is right now. Whatever we have need of, the Lord will provide. The Bible said he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. He said if you need manna, I'm manna. If you need bread, I'm bread. If you need the meat of God's word, whatever, I am Yahweh. Whatever you need, I am that. And so just like Grandmama always has, all the spreadings, you name it, you, she's got it on the table at Thanksgiving. Well, that's how the Lord wants to be for His children. He wants to spread a buffet of blessings and and, and a buffet of miracles to his, to his children and say, whatever you have need of, just come sit at my table and get whatever you need. If you need a healing, if you need a miracle, if you just need to be blessed, or if you just want to come and sit and just be thankful, just come sit at the table and get whatever you have need of. And so we're going to be talking about that. In the month of November But it's scary that next Sunday Is October 31st That means on Monday is going to be November the 1st And it just seems like I, I just feel like I just got, got good into the year It seems like things are. We just did Easter not too long ago And navigated Vacation Bible School not too long ago And now here we are trying to see What kind of turkey and dressing people are going to have uh, If, I mean let me make this Public service announcement If you decide to have a big Thanksgiving dinner And if Your family decides they don't like your food. And if you're concerned that you're going to have to feed it to somebody, I do take leftovers. I do. Um, Don't give it to the dog until you call the big dog first. Call me first, okay? Uh, Don't give Fido good groceries before I know if he has any groceries to eat. Um, uh, The pastor's specialty for Thanksgiving is, well, before Brianna's family had Thanksgiving and I went with them, was Cracker Barrel. You can't go wrong, church. You get your turkey and dresses, and I don't even have to wash the dishes. God is good. That's the way to go. And, um, you know, I can't do that anymore because Brianna's mom cooks, so that kind of, like, defeats the purpose. So, But um, I do, I can't believe we're already in November. But uh, December will be here before you know it. Christmas will be here before you know it. And, oh, my gosh, we'll be in 2022 before you know it. It just seems like, well, I guess the old adage is right. Time Time flies when you're having fun. I don't know how many of y'all are having fun, but it's been a blast for me in 2021. Um, Not because of COVID and all that stuff, but God has just been good to us here at the church. And every time COVID tries to knock us down with a little bit of numbers and, and growth and things like that, we think, oh, great. Here we go again. God just keeps sending them back. So. Uh, last week we were in the you know low 40s because of some different things. But we were back up to 56 this morning in church. So, I mean, they just come right back. So God's been good to us. And I do believe when this thing kind of settles down, God's got something special for our church. Um, and, uh, and of course, I get married 22. That's pretty special, too, I guess. I should probably throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, that's probably a big deal. That's in March, in case anybody wants to know. March the 5th. Uh, though uh, Though Brianna's brother had some words of wisdom for me today. He said, "Have you really thought about what you're doing?" I really don't know what that meant. I, I've been thinking about that all day. I don't know what that meant, but uh, but uh, I don't know if he was encouraging me or discouraging. I'm not really sure. But uh, but that is on March the fifth, and Lord, we're we're trying to plan and finish up everything, and it seems like it's getting faster and faster and faster. But God's with God's help, we're gonna make it. I want to kind of uh, piggyback off of the series we've been on on. Uh, the scare tactics, the fear, and I want to talk tonight a little bit about a different perspective, if you will, of fear and of faith, so if you have Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7, if you'll stand for the reading of God's word, I'll read quickly, and then you'll be able to uh, sit for a moment, Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 and ten, through 10, you know this passage very well. This is talking about Adam and Eve at the garden, after Eve had taken partaken of the fruit from the tree she was not supposed to have, and then she gave it to Adam, and Adam likewise partook of the fruit. The Bible says this, then after that, the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. You know, I've thought about that. You know, I know that they were living in this perfect garden, and they were living at that but you know what? i come to realize that sin will cause you to lose the blessings of God. Sin will cost you the, your blessings from God. They're living perfectly. They have no shame. I mean, if you walk around with no clothes on in front of everybody, you obviously got no shame, y'all. I don't advocate you do that. People go to jail for that stuff. But, but I'm saying, you got no shame. They're walking around in the perfectness of a garden. Walking around, don't even realize they are not clothed. They are living in a perfect, utopian society with God. But sin messed it all up. You can be walking in perfect harmony with God, but sin always is going to throw a curveball into the mix, if you allow it. They realized that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, made themselves aprons. This is how we know something's not right. And they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam said unto his wife, excuse me, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. It is a bad gesture to when you hear the voice of God, you try to hide from him. You'll see why in just a minute. And the Lord called out to Adam and he said unto him, where are you? You better answer God when he calls your name. He said, where are you? Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, if you go on, we're not going to read, but if you go on, God eventually asks Adam, who told you you were naked? Who told you that? And then the judgments come from the serpent to the woman. Now, I want you to look at 1 John chapter 4. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. For God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. Look at this verse. There is no fear. None. No fear in love. But perfect love will cast out all fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. We're singing around here, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. But here's the point. There is no fear in love, for perfect love, God's love, will cast out all fear. For the next few moments, I want to preach on this subject title. You can run, but you can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. I'm going to ask Brother Randy if he would pray over the reading of God's word tonight in the presence of the body of Christ. Brother Randy. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I did check my batteries before tonight. We're good tonight, so we shouldn't go offline. My heart won't time out tonight, so we're good. I should have asked Brother Dennis to borrow his batteries, because every time I ask for batteries, his is always dead. He never has his batteries with him over there. He also doesn't have a microphone, but he tells me all the time he just taps the air and says he has no batteries. So I should have borrowed his this morning. I think he switched them on me in my microphone. You can run, but you can't hide. The origination of that coined phrase in the United States, when we don't know exactly when it originated, maybe in other countries, but in the United States, this phrase was first heard in 1940s. In the 1940s, there was a famous boxer by the name of Joe Lewis. Some of you might have known Mighty Joe Lewis. Not know him personally, but know of Joe Lewis. Mighty Joe Lewis was getting ready to have a fight with lightweight Billy Kahn, for a championship belt. And the night to it, Billy was making his little statements and jabbing his little you know, mouth, whatever, and Joe Lewis said this because Billy was one of those fighters that would bob and weave, and he would try to not get hit, and he'd just keep surviving rounds. He really didn't knock anybody ever out, but he just kind of would not get hit. And Joe Lewis said to old Billy Kahn, before the fight, the next night, he said to him, you can run. I'm talking about you can bob and weave. You can do whatever you want to in that ring. You can act like you go, you know, not, you can run. But boy, you can't hide. What he was saying is you can bob and weave, but eventually I'm going to put you in a corner and I'm going to beat your bloody brains out. That's what he was telling him in a nice way. And can I tell you, that's how the devil is sometimes. He wants to knock you in the side of a corner. That's why the guy there has got boxing gloves on and a suit. Somebody told me that day, they said, Pastor, did you take a picture of yourself and put it on the screen? I said, no, but it's kind of creepy. Uh, that's my doppelganger up there. But this guy is wearing boxing gloves because that's what the devil does. The devil wants to back you in a corner, and then he wants to beat the living mess out of you when he gets his chance. He wants to gut punch you, head punch you. He wants to hit you in the side, hit you in the back. I'm going to tell you right now, they not, well, I don't say nothing, there's very few things that are more painful than getting hit in the kidney punch oh my gosh i don't care you can have a midget walk up behind you and hit you there and it will hurt just as bad as if you have a 500 pound man hit you in the back of your kidney i'm gonna tell you right now i've walked around i've had little kids just come up and be like hey coach pow i'm like oh jesus take the wheel it hurts but that's how the devil works he sucker punches us he likes to Hit us low. He likes to hit us in the side and jab us. He likes to hit us in the head because, as Muhammad Ali came to know and learned very, uh, unfortunately, you can take you can be the baddest, meanest dude in the ring, and you can you can be the greatest fighter of all times. Fly like a butterfly and sting like a bee. But if you get keep getting hit in the head, you're gonna be messed up in the head because. As you well know, Muhammad Ali, as he liked to so often say about himself, he was the greatest of all time. He is the greatest fighter. Except towards the end of his life, he couldn't even carry on an intelligent conversation because his brains had been beat out so many times by all of his great conquests. He had CTEs and different concussion-like symptoms, and the man was literally, it was all attributed to getting punched in the head so many times. That's how the devil works. The devil wants to keep punching us in the head till we just are senseless. We lose all form. Remember what I read to you this morning? Power of love and of a sound mind. The devil wants to beat us up so bad and hit us so hard and take us out so so, uh, uh, forcefully. He wants to hit us where it hurts, hit us in the brain because he knows if he beats our brains out, you can't have sound mind if your brain is messed up. So his his analogy is if I keep messing with their brain and I keep sucker punching them, eventually I'm going to make them senseless. And when we become senseless, we make dumb, foolish decisions. You can run, but you can't hide. Adam and Eve are living in this perfect world, this perfect society, this perfect, if you will, utopian lifestyle. They've got to name all the animals. None of the animals hate them. Nobody's biting them. Mosquitoes are are not bothering them. That's a blessing right there unto itself. Praise the Lord. I do have two questions when I get to heaven. First of all, why did God even create them and Adam and Eve named them? And secondly, Noah had one job. He only had two to worry about. Why well, didn't just kill the two right then. I mean, Noah, you had two of them. Everything else going to get white. Just slop the two roaches and knock the two mosquitoes out, and we wouldn't have this problem, y'all. Noah and I got some questions when we get to heaven. But the point to be made, Adam and Eve had nothing. No snakes were biting. No spiders were biting. No lion was attacking. No tiger was roaring. Life was great. They could lay beside the animal. I mean, life was great. Adam lays down in the grass and he's just starting naming the animals one by one, and they just come up to him like it's just they're just friends. One job. One tree. Don't touch it. Just one. Thousands of trees in a garden. Thousands of, of provisions around them. Every tree around them had fruit. There was plenty to choose from. But it's just like the devil, to, to, to take something and twist it, like I said this morning, and twist it just enough to paint you a picture, but doesn't show you the full scope of the picture, because the def- they have all these trees everywhere, but the devil says, yeah, but wonder what that tree would taste like? Just that little seed of doubt. Wonder what that fruit would taste like? Wonder how sweet that fruit is wonder how juicy that fruit is and he did it enough that finally Eve goes you know I don't know but I'm curious now because the devil will keep attacking and nagging and keep touching and trying to poke and prod till he gets you to a point where you'll start doubting even what you believe is right it's like the little annoying kid that uh back in the day I can't remember if it was a Sunday Delight commercial or what that shows you how old I am I don't even think they make that drink anymore uh but the little kid was like this close to the to the brother's face and the kid's like mom he won't stop touching me and they put their finger like, I'm not touching you I'm not touching you mom he won't stop touching I'm not touching you I'm not touching you that's how the devil is. He's annoying. He will keep pestering you till he annoys you, till he frustrates you, and till he ultimately makes you question even what you know and believe. Adam and Eve knew not to touch that tree, but the devil was relentless in his assault and attack. He would not give up. And the devil said, but you know, what about that one? What about that one? Eve got a little inquisitive and she Kept looking at it, looking at it. And the Bible eventually says it became delightful or appeasing to her. It became, she became immensely interested in finding out more about this tree. And finally one day she gets over there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. This is my, you know, opinion. I don't know. Maybe a couple days she just stood from a distance from the tree but never got close. And then she'd go about her day. And maybe the devil came back a couple more times and maybe eventually she got a little bit closer. See, what I got, what I want to tell you is don't get so close don't think you can play with sin. You can't get so close to sin and think you ain't going to get It's like a fire. Don't get close to a fire. You will get burnt. Don't think you can play with it. You'll get burnt in the process. And I wonder if over time she just got closer and closer. And then maybe maybe Brother Larry, the first day she just didn't grab the, the fruit off the tree. Brother James, maybe she just put her hand on it. She didn't pull it off. Maybe the first time she just touched it to see what the consistency and the feeling of the fruit was. Maybe she took it off feeling guilty. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. And went back to Adam. Maybe the next day she came and she touched it a little bit more and then realized I shouldn't do this. But what she was doing is over time she eventually was wore down by the enemy to one day she just picked it and then she bit it. And not only did she do that, she took home some with her to take to Adam. I've often quoted around here, sin will take you farther than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, and leave you in places longer than you intended to stay. The problem is don't when people people don't understand this concept, and they, they really should, but your sin, the Bible says, be sure, your sin will find you out, i.e., you can run but you can't hide. But you have to understand your sin doesn't always just affect you. It may have adverse consequences on other people and cause other people to sin and fall. They had no intention of originally doing it, but you led them to the place of sin. You encouraged them to sin. You brought them to the point of sinning, and they got to a point that between all of those factors involved, they ended up messing up, and you were the one that led them to the trough to drink from the sin. People don't think like that. They think, oh, it's my life, it's my body, it's my decision. It is until everybody else starts being affected by your decisions. It's my right to choose. Yeah, but that's some God's that's God's baby that's put inside of you to choose to abort. That's God's child, not yours anymore. That became God's child. It's my right to choose. Well, choose not to get pregnant, that would have been the first choice not to choose. Hello? You don't understand. You don't know. Okay. But I can tell you one mistake should never be compounded by making a second one and a third one and a fourth one. Sometimes you have to grow up and own your mistakes and deal with it. You work When you go in the military and things like that, you will eventually will learn really quick to own up. Be a man. Put your big boy pants on. You got in trouble. You suck it up. Don't do it again. You'll learn. You don't just keep skating by. Eventually you'll learn. You'll learn that there's a point in time you will pay and you will be responsible to be a man enough to own up for what you've done. See, we live in a society now, we have, you know, a spiritual generation of wussy people that they don't, and and, and not just spiritual, I mean, even physical. I mean, you got boys that don't know they want to be boys. Lord, help me tonight. I didn't mean to go here, Lord. You got girls thinking they'd rather be boys, you got boys changing their names, taking hormone supplements, girls taking hormone supplements, and you can't even tell if they were a boy or a girl originally. By the time it's all said and done you don't even know who you're with anymore. You know you got people can't differentiate which bathroom they want to use. We all have to be gender neutral We can't even use pronouns like he and she because it might be offensive to somebody. It has to be it, them, and theys and not him, she, and her. We live in a society that everything makes somebody offended. The Bible actually said, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. I'm going to have to take care of some things while I'm down here. See, sin and... The plague of sin and the effects of sin not only have consequences on you, but they can have adverse consequences on other people around you. Satan offers Eve that choice. She takes it. She doesn't only sin herself. She brings other people with her to sin with her. Brings down Adam. Adam and Eve go home that night. They go to bed, whatever. The next day they get up, they do their events. They realize after eating the the fruit that day, the Bible says their eyes were opened and they realized something felt uncomfortable. They felt ashamed. They felt exposed. They felt like something was wrong and they had the cognitive functioning to realize something's not right and so they made themselves clothes out of leaves. God comes down. Yes, where are they? The Bible said they were hiding. They ran from God. I'm going to tell you, no matter what mistakes you make, no matter what you do, you might can hide it from the preacher. You might can hide it from your own family, your spouse, your children. You may can hide it from the boss. You may can hide it from everybody else. But I can promise you there is one person who will never be called a lot surprise. You cannot hide it from God. Now you may not tell anybody. Nobody may ever know. I've had people come up to my office and say, "Pastor, I've never told anybody, and they confessed to something they did 20 years prior. You know that they had an abortion right out of high school with their high school boyfriend, or this, and they never told anybody. Nobody knew about it. I'm gonna tell you something. Yet, it did. God knew. God knew. My mama doesn't know. My daddy doesn't know. Nobody knows. Jesus knows. Jesus knows all about it. He knew it when it happened. He knows it all. He sees it all. I'm reminded of the story of Jonah. I have often quoted it. And I'm not going to, for time's sake, rehash it. Jonah thought, you know what? I ain't doing this. I'm leaving. He tried to run. Tried to get away from God. You see how well that worked out for Jonah. Anybody want to take that life? Oh, God says, give me a word from the Lord. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go on and get on, go on a boat to the Caribbean. Go ahead. Go ahead and go down to Charleston next weekend and hop on that little carnival cruise ship going down to the Caribbean. You see the killer whales coming about, you better hope the good in the Lord they got some good life preservers because I'm telling you right now, you go down, Shamu is going to come by and take you with him. Go ahead and run from God. Jonah proved it. That's Meals on Wheels, literally. I mean, he just swam right on by, like just, just ate it right there. Why? Because Jonah was running. He was trying to hide from God. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to do what God called him to do. Look where that got him. Then he still had to go do it anyway, and he didn't even get to take a shower before he did it. That's gross. I don't even like to go out in public without my hair fixed. Must less not be able to take a shower. Smell like fish guts. That's nasty. I'd have been if I was there, I'd have repented too just to get him to leave the city. I'd have said, I'll repent to anything. I'll confess the sins I didn't even do if you'll get away from me. I'll give you an example this past Friday night. I had the opportunity to go to one of my former Students where I served as the youth pastor slash associate pastor at Columbia Road in Orangeburg and also served um, as his basketball coach. He's now at a different school, but uh, he was playing at Northwoods Academy on Friday night, at a football game, Orangeburg Preparatory School. And Brianna's cousin uh, actually plays on Northwoods. And so we decided we'd go to the game. I could kill two birds with one stone. I could see Riley play, and I could also see Mikey from Columbia Road play. And so we go. After the game, it's his senior year. This was the last game of the year, so of course all the parents that, you know, were were uh, you know taking pictures and all that kind of stuff, documenting, you know, making a momentous memento of uh, of the event. Mikey's like, I want to take a picture with you, Pastor Jonathan. I was like, they called me PJ back up there. PJ, I want to take a picture with you, and uh, I said, oh, okay. And I got the closer I got to him, the worse he smelled. Them nasty, I I don't think that man ever washed his football pads this whole day in his life. I'm telling you right now, I have, I think I could have took a skunk and sprayed it and smelled better than what he smelled like when he came off that field. And of course, we couldn't just stand here. He was like, no, I'm going to put my arm around you. Put your arm around me. Let's be close. I'm like, you touch me, I'll kill you. I mean, my shirt, my shirt ain't an expensive shirt. It came from Walmart, but I may not ever get this smell out of this shirt. I like this shirt. I don't want it to smell like this when I leave. I lost because he's about 6'4", and he just, baow, and I was like, it's horrible. That's what it had been like Jonah going into Nineveh. It was so bad. Y'all think I'm crazy. It was so bad. We got in the car. Brad asked me what I was doing. I'm not kidding, y'all. I poured hand sanitizer in my hand, and I washed my shirt in the car. I'm not kidding, y'all. I, I mean, I smelled like pump pump pumpkin spice latte hand sanitizer. I was all over. I was like, I can't even drive home smelling like this. This is disgusting. Don't let her fool you. She put some on too because she could smell it. <laughs> Don't let her be spiritual. <laughs> but the point to be made is the Bible is full of examples. People tried to run from God, but it didn't end well. It didn't go well. So a couple of things I want to bring your attention. Number one, I want to bring you the scope of fear. I want you to understand what fear is. The Bible says, I read it to you out of uh, uh, 1 John, that fear is, has an element of torment. Fear will torment you. I read it to you. Let me uh, go back there to um, verse, let's see here. I want to make sure that I don't misquote it here uh, for you. Uh, let's see here. I want to make sure that uh, verse number 18, I believe. There is no fear in love. Perfect love cast off fear. For fear has torment. What that tells me is fear is relentless. It will torment me in my sleep. It will torment me in my mind. It will torment me in my family. It will torment me in my job. Fear is relentless. It never gives up. I'll be laying in bed at night. I'll be pulling the covers over my head because it's relentless. It's like the little kid who's afraid of the dark. You can go up there and turn all the lights on, open the closet doors, let them check under the bed. But as soon as you flip the lights on, they're back under the covers, completely covered. Why? Because fear will torment them torments but it ain't just kids spiritually it's the same way the devil will torment us to no end in sight fear has bondage you know that fear will put you in bondage for you were not received the spirit of bondage again to fear Paul tells the church at Romans you weren't designed to be bonded live in bondage to fear You weren't designed to be chained to fear that's not what god called you to do you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we can cry out abba father or some translations daddy or spiritual father the reality of it is is what god is saying to through the apostle paul in romans is that God did not design for us to live in fear, but just like that child that's afraid of the dark, when Daddy walks into the room and flips the light on, I'm not afraid anymore because if Daddy lays in bed with me, or if Daddy checks the closet, or if Daddy walks in, I'm not afraid because they're not going to mess with my Daddy. Well, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. We don't have to be afraid or fearful of what the devil will do to us because when we are afraid, the Bible says we have a father, an advocate, a daddy, that will walk into the room and will say, this is my child, I bought them with the blood of my precious son's life and we do not have to live in fear because our daddy's got it under control, he's got it under control Isaiah says it like this he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed, that let us know the chastisement Jesus died so you could have peace of mind and not be afraid of what Tomorrow may bring fear will make you unproductive because once you get afraid, you're not thinking clearly. Fear will cripple your testimony. I've already read it to you this morning for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. But the clincher is the next verse Be not thou therefore ashamed of your testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. What well, the Apostle Paul is saying, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. And don't you be ashamed of it either. You don't let the world think any different about you. Don't let fear ruin your testimony of how good your God is. Do you know that fear, fear can send you to eternal destruction, to eternal damnation? You say, Pastor, you're saying fear is a sin? No, I'm saying that fear will lead you to eternal damnation because fear of the unknown, fear of trust, fear of faith, whatever, anything operating outside of faith will cause you to miss heaven. How do you know? Because the Bible, let me see, let me get back uh, to verse, sorry, verse this one, Verse uh, Revelation 21, verse 8. But the fearful, (laughs) can't get much point blank than that, church. The fearful, the unbelieving, And the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, the liars, shall all have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. But notice the first line. Not the unbelieving abominable, the fearful will find themselves there because they're afraid to trust God. And when you're afraid to put your trust in God, the devil will make sure you never see God's face face to face. He'll ensure of that. But there's also a source of fear. There's not only a scope, there's a source. Let me tell you what some of the things that are the sources of fear. Sin. Sin's a source of fear. Satan? Satan's the author. So of course he's a source of fear. Us ourselves, we can be we can be our own worst enemy. We can create ourselves to stumble self. Self-image, self-worth. That's why people have problems with, with their self-image, self-worth. They're afraid of what people think about them, afraid of what people will say about them. So they have to have the perfect body shape. They have to have the perfect job. They have to make a certain amount of money. There are some people, they just can't seem to get it right. It's because they have a certain level of unsecurity. They're afraid. That's what insecurity is. The fear of something, the fear of being judged, the fear of what people think about me. Insecurity is wrapped up in fear surroundings, just your everyday surroundings, pandemics, governments, that can instill fear. If you don't believe it, where have you been the last year and a half to two years? Pandemics and governments can create worldwide fear, church. For time's sake, I'm going to read fast, but I want to read this. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had slain the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah and said, so let the gods do to me, and more so if I do not make thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, by this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. And he himself went a day's journey in the wilderness, came and sat down under a juniper tree, and I requested that he might die, and say, "It is enough. It is, is it enough, O Lord, now take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Let me scroll down. Uh, here just a little bit further Uh, the next time and it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face from his mantle and he went out and he stood in the entrance of a cave so what happens between the juniper tree that he's resting and all of those things I think it's in verse number 9 let me make sure verse 9 and he came thither to a cave he lodged there see I want to tell you quickly And I won't read, you go back and read 1 Kings chapter 19 for yourself. Chapter 18 of 1 Kings, Elijah just comes off of his greatest, probably, achievement as the man of God. He has stood on a mountainside in a place called Mount Carmel with 450 prophets of Baal, and he has literally embarrassed them by calling fire down from heaven, to consume a saturated sacrifice that should have never have burned, but it was so hot, it burned the, the wood, burned the sacrifice, and scorched the rocks. It was so hot. He embarrassed them. Then the men of faith, the men of Israel, had enough faith to chase them down, destroy all the prophets of Baal. When Ahab went home and told his wife Jezebel, because she wore the pants in the family, and told her, oh, you don't know, I just got my my behind handed to me by the man of God and all this stuff, and she said, I'll kill him. Some of you ladies might know that feeling, to God be the glory. I'm not saying anybody here is one of those, but I have met some of those ladies that said, I'll kill them, bring them here. Oh, Jesus. She calls for her servants and says, you go find him and kill him. When Elijah heard of it, you know what he did? He, He just called fire out of nowhere. He's seen fire from heaven. The, Holy, the fire in the Bible represents the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. He has seen fire fall from heaven, consume an, an unconsumable sacrifice. He has slew 450 other men. But one woman makes a threat, and he's afraid. Proverbs talks about the wrath and scorn of a woman. It's bad news, y'all. <laughs> man, don't say, man. That's not a good point. Don't say there. No, just let it go. I know you won't to, but let it go. Unless your wife ain't here, you got a chance. But don't, mm, Lord, don't, don't let him say it. The reality of it is he hears the words. He gets discouraged. He gets afraid, Brother James, and he runs. He just defeated. He saw the immaculate miracle of God. But man, a woman, mankind, made one threat. And it freaked him out. And he ran. He's seen the miraculous of God, the supernatural. You know how many people come to church on Sunday and see the supernatural of God, but by Monday they're afraid of what the devil's going to do. They're afraid of the job, afraid of the government, whatever. They saw God literally heal cancer at church on Sunday. The person went and got their PET scan back and they didn't have cancer. Somebody was healed. Somebody was blind. Somebody was lame. Somebody was deaf. Somebody was mute. Somebody was drunk and under the power and presence of God a miracle happened on Sunday morning. But by Monday they're freaked out because the boss told them they might have 30 days before termination. They freak out. They just saw God do the impossible but they can't even trust Him with something that's not even as big as what they saw. Elijah's freaked out. He takes off running. God says to him under the juniper tree, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Elijah gives his little speech, gets up, drinks, eats. Lord tells him to get up and go. Well, then Elijah goes to a cave. God comes to the cave. I just read it to you. He goes to a cave. Word of the Lord says, Elijah, what are you doing? What is wrong? What are you doing? Elijah's like, I ain't going. She's going to kill me? Uh-uh. Just kill me right here, Lord. Just take me out right here. I'm good. I'm fat and happy. Just kill me right here. I ain't got nobody. Just let me die right here. I'm not going to ask how many of y'all ever just prayed, Lord, just take y'all out. Like, oh, Lord, just kill me now.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: But God went not finished with Elijah. He said, get up. Let's go. Elijah in chapter 18 not only had seen fire, not only had he defeated 450 prophets of Baal, the man outran a chariot, y'all of horses. That's pretty impressive when you can outrun horses. That joker said to Ahab, he said, "Listen, buddy, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. You better get your chariot and you better get on back to Jerusalem before you get stuck in this mess." The Bible said it. You got know, to remember, now back in the day, the men of the, back in the day they didn't have pants back then. They had cloaks and they would have these long tunics and then they have cloaks. So the man of God would have had this long kind of like robe, and then he had like a, like, like we call it a suit jacket. Today he had like a cloak. That joker turks his cloak. I don't know how this man does it. I've never seen it. I've only seen one person ever do this day in my life, and it was my mom playing softball. And I still don't know how she did it. But, uh, but the man of God, chairing the horses, this joker wraps his skirt together somehow, picks it between his legs like this, and somehow is able to outrun horses. I almost want to see, I'm not going to ask any of you ladies to do this. I almost want to see some of you ladies that wear skirts. I want to say, take y'all outside and see how fast y'all can run. Like, obviously, there's something about this hiking up this skirt and holding it like this. It makes you get, like, like nitro boosters in your head, in your legs. I don't know how that works. I don't know if that's, like, the initiator, like, the, the kickstart, like, the choke. I don't know how that works. But he wraps it. Instead of waddling, he outruns a horse. A horse, y'all. I think I could be in tennis shoes, Nike Airs, with shorts and couldn't outrun a horse but he's afraid. He's seen all of this and he's still afraid. That tells me that fear is no respecter of persons. Fear will come at anybody. Ms. Carol, as you make your way, but there's also a solution to fear. I have said to you for the last couple of weeks and I will say it again tonight in the presence of this body, we must learn to face our fears by being men and women of faith. We have not. We cannot be fear finders. We have to be faith Fighters. We have to fight the good fight of faith. We got to keep going. God finally says to him, Elijah, get up. What are you doing? What are you doing? Elijah said, I can't do it. I can't. I'm sorry, Lord. I, I I just can't do it. Watch this. came thither into a cave and he lodged there and behold the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him what doest thou here Elijah what are you doing and he said I have been very zealous for the Lord thy God of Israel and have have not forsaken thy covenant thrown down thine altars and slain the prophets with the sword I am the only one left Elijah said God I'm the only man in the whole nation that loves you now just let me die God said, go stand before the mountain of the Lord, behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind shook the mountains like an earthquake, broke it into pieces, the rocks before the Lord, but God was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake of fire, God was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still small voice, and it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face, the mantle went out, stood at the entrance of the cave, and behold, a voice came to him saying, what do us? again, the same question, what are you doing? Here, Elijah, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? Now look what happens. Go return thy way into the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comes, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria, and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall be anointed king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Saphat of Abel, Manolah, shall thou appoint to be the prophet in thy room. You know what he did? He took the fear that Elijah had and he said, All right, now that you're feeling a little bit better about yourself, now I got a job for you to do. Remember, Jonah, you better go to Nineveh, get the job done. Elijah, I got a mentor, you got a mentee, mentor, you got to be a mentor to a mentee, there's a guy out there plowing some oxen in a field, I need you to go find him, I need you to take your cloak off, I need you to put it around him, and say, thus saith the Lord, you're the next man for the job, next man up, and you go, and you train him, and you help him to be the next prophet of Israel, and you got a job, Elijah, get out of this cave, quit hiding, quit being a wuss, and get out of there, and let's go do what I called you to do. Elijah had to operate in faith you see we have some assurances in our lives number one we got to have the faith to believe our position as children of God I read it to you we don't have to have fear because when we are afraid we have been given sonship via adoption to be able to cry out Abba Father we are now children of the Most High God we have no reason to fear God's on our side We have to have faith to be able to be pardoned of our sins we have to have faith to realize that we have been given and granted authority over satan the bible says that we have been given authority over the works of the enemy in fact jesus said all power has been given unto me and he goes on to say And all the works that I did, even greater works you can do because of the Spirit of God that works in you. What Jesus is saying is, you are more than an overcomer. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible constantly reminds us, we will be winners if we just keep the faith. And we don't quit. And don't throw in the towel. So I just want to remind you ever so eloquently to the best of my ability, you can run. You can run from the government. You can run from COVID. I know we got people that watch us online and they probably ain't gonna like what I'm about to say. You can even run from going to church. (laughs) That's what everybody here should have said. Amen, because you're here and they're not. Amen. You can even run going to church. You can run from your spouse. You can leave your spouse. You can divorce them. You can tell them they the sorriest excuse of a man or woman you ever been. You can run from them. You can throw in the towel with them too. You can run. You can run from your children. You can run from church attendance. Church, whatever. You can run from your job. You can run from your responsibilities. You can run from being a man or woman and owning up to your responsibility. You can run. All day long. But you can't hide from God. You can hide from me by not showing up on Sundays and Wednesdays. But God knows where you are when you're not here. I know I'm going to get in trouble. I'll go ahead and say it because I'm about to pray and be dismissed anyway. And I'm going to eat at taxis because I'm hungry. So it won't really matter. I'll feel better afterwards. I don't know where I'm going, but it sounded good at the moment. But I can tell you one thing. You can hide from preachers or you you know on Sundays and Wednesdays and you can hide from jobs and you can hide you can hide all you want to. You can even hide your sin. you can run and try your best to hide your sins from God. But I'm gonna tell you right now you can run till you are slap dog tired. But you'll never outrun God. You'll never outrun God's grace, you'll never outrun his mercy. But you also will never outrun his judgment either if you have to be judged and be chastised by a parent. You know what parenting is all about? Correcting bad behavior when necessary. Sometimes God is a loving father and sometimes he has to chastise the wayward child. Hello. Sometimes. You you can never outrun God's grace and mercy and love. We're like, whoa, thank you, Jesus. But you also ain't going to outrun his whippings either. Hello. Nobody likes a whooping. But every once in a while God has to give them out. You can run, but you'll never hide. You'll never be able to hide from God. Whether you ever step on this campus, or whether you ever step foot on a job, or whether whatever you do, you just better know. You might think everybody, you've got everybody fooled, but there is one person you'll never be able to snow job or fool. God will always know. And how you know? How do you say, preacher? How you know that? I'm gonna leave you one scripture, and I'm out. He who does things in secret, the Lord will make known openly. The Bible says the things you do in secret, the Lord will either reward openly or He will bring to light the things which have been done in the darkness. Even the things you keep secrets, God can make them become public knowledge and reveal them in the light. We stand all over the house this evening as we get ready to pray. Let me say to you tonight, thank you for coming to church tonight. It's always better to preach to a live audience than preach to TV screens. Um, It's always just Much easier to have that interaction I don't take for granted or lightly The fact that you made efforts To come on a Sunday night To church Please don't forget That uh, We have Fall Family Fest on Saturday And uh, if you're going to volunteer Please be here Sister Jeannie Those of you that met You know what time you need to be here And your assignments Please also You still have things to bring. If you already signed up to bring something, go ahead and bring that stuff as quickly as possible. If you want to bring more candy, we'll still be taking candy. Just keep bringing it. We don't mind making your kids have cavities. That's our specialty around here. So bring more candy. Invite somebody. Please invite. We're going to have it all over Facebook and everything else. Please invite somebody. Even if you don't know them, invite them. And, um, you know, don't forget the fall revival. Be praying for me as I ask the Lord's direction on what should be the message of the hour what I should preach to that captive audience. They're not all going to be people that come to our church every week, so I don't know what all goes on in their day-to-day lives and what goes on, but I need to hear from God that week so I can speak to someone's life that night, not because I'm anything, but because I want God to be glorified in their life that night. So pray for me uh, with that as well, and come join us if you can, any of those nights as well. Don't forget services next Sunday as well, Sunday school, 10 a.m., Sunday morning. At 11 a.m., we will have midweek Bible study this week at 7. We always have it. Oh, we got plenty of room. You don't worry. We've got plenty of space. Nobody's got to worry about getting sick in here. We, we've got plenty of seats on Wednesday night. So come join us for Bible study. and watch us online as well. But uh, it's been a privilege and an honor to be able to share the word of the Lord with you tonight. I'm going to just say this quickly over you, and then I'm going to have Brother Randy pray the benedict May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you a peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. May the words of our mouths and meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in his sight, our Lord, our rock, and our redeemer. God bless you. I love you tonight. Brother Randy, would you pray our final prayer tonight?